let's do a bit of review because I wasn't even here last week. So I want to make sure that you guys uh, were here uh, on some level. So uh, what are some of the things that we, you guys, talked about last week? What are some of the things that you remember? What was maybe the passage, things that you talked about, things that you remember? Anything from last week's study Help me do a little review from not being here. So what do you remember? All right, anything at all? You know how much a polar bear weighs? Enough to break the ice. All right, so who wants to start? Peyton. Oh, thank you. Okay, what you got, Peyton? Okay. No, it's okay. Yeah, but... We, you talked about the Romans road, right? A way of using uh, verses from the book of Romans to be able to present and share the gospel, right? The Romans road of salvation, I think maybe was the official title. So it's good. All right. Great start. Good. What else? This is another great reminder that you can take notes. And so next week you can be like, boom, here's what we talked about. But that's okay. All right. What else? What are some of the things that you covered and talked about last week? Gavin? Okay. Yeah. Sharing your faith. Good. That's a great one. I was hoping somebody would say that, or else we would just listen to the audio again. Okay? Good. Anything else from last week that you remember that we talked about? Anything at all? Okay. All right. Good. Well, at least we got the sharing your faith part, the Romans Road of Salvation, really good. Okay? So last week, Derek started this conversation talking about, okay, how do we actually go about making disciples? So this semester we've covered, you know, the mission of making disciples. We talked about um, what is a disciple, the goal of discipleship. Uh, and then last week we started this conversation of, okay, well, how do we actually go and make disciples? What does this look like? And so the first step of that roadmap of discipleship is sharing. Everyone say share. Okay, okay, share, not just the singer, but the word, okay? And so we talked about imitating Jesus, inviting others to respond to Jesus, and then sharing biblical truths and habits with others. And so basically as a whole, are you sharing your faith with others? That was the whole, really the big concept that we talked about. And so tonight, we are going to look at the second step of the process of making disciples. And so before we get into that, um, let me ask you this by a show of hands. How many of you, and think about this for a second, how many of you find it easy to connect with people? You find it easy. Like when you meet somebody, you're like, oh yeah, we're already friends. Okay? Okay? A few, few people. Okay. How many of you would say that it feels impossible to connect with people sometimes. You find it really hard. Okay? All right, good. You ever have those moments when you go to like meet somebody and you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to say, I know what I'm going to say, and then you go, ah! and you just like make a noise or something, I don't know, and you just totally freeze? Okay, that's happened to me a couple times, surprisingly. Well, whether or not you find it easy or hard to connect with people Here's the reality. You're not alone. And here's why. According to a survey done in 2022, they found that 39% of people who were surveyed felt that they connected very well with people. 
And so you might read that and go, oh, 39%, that's pretty great. But I look at it and think, okay, that means more than half of people who were surveyed said, basically then, they don't really feel very connected with others. And so no matter if you find it easy or not, the reality is each and every one of us, deep down, want to feel connected. We all want to feel connected in some way. I can't imagine any of you would say, you know what I really, really want to do is I want to feel disconnected and isolated from everything and everybody. Now, some of the introverts are like, hallelujah, but even, <laughs> even the introverts deep down want to connect with people. And that doesn't mean like being at, you know, a big party or whatever in front of all these people, but we all want deep, meaningful relationships. It doesn't matter who we are, how old you are, we all want to feel connected. We don't want to feel isolated or disconnected. We want to connect. I mean, I'm sure most of you have like 40,000 different social medias with the purpose on some level of connecting with others. And so thankfully, surprisingly, the Bible talks a lot about connecting and what that means or look like. And it actually provides some really great ways on how we can feel deeply connected, which is what we are going to look at tonight. And so last week, you looked uh, in Acts chapter 2 in some of the earlier part of the birth of the early church. And so we're going to continue on and see what happens next. So uh, if you have your Bible in front of you, turn to Acts chapter 2. And uh, it's spelled A-C-T-S, not A-X-E, like the body spray, which, as a reminder, deodorant does exist, okay? Just in case you need to hear it. For somebody out there who may need it, probably need it. If you're thinking, do I need it? Maybe that's a sign that you do, okay? So turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And so as you turn there, okay, here's a little um, segue, okay? So earlier in Acts, chapter 2, we see that the church, the early church, received the Holy Spirit. So Jesus ascended, and then a little while later, the Holy Spirit is sent to the church. And so this is right after the birth of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the birth of the church, Pentecost, the church receiving the Holy Spirit, okay? So the church has the Holy Spirit. Peter preached this epic sermon about inviting people to place their faith in Christ, to turn back to him. And so now we're going to look at what happens next, okay? So we're going to look at a couple verses here. And is there any brave soul? Awesome. Very good. Can we just give a snap for me? See, that was good. Very good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, what we're going to do tonight 
is we're going to do a little soya on this passage. Everyone say soya. Okay, all right. So we're going to do some soya on this passage. Okay, remember, soya is this Bible study method that we took like a whole semester to study and look at, okay? And so hopefully you remember some of that. And if you're new and you're like, what is soya? Well, soya was this Bible study method that we used to help us learn how to study the Bible more deeply, okay? And so if you've never heard of soya or you're like, wow, I kind of forget about what that is, um, talk to me or one of the leaders and we can get you some more information about soya and how you can utilize that resource to help you learn how to study the Bible uh, on a deeper level, okay? So we're going to do that tonight. And so before we do, before the next slide, does anybody remember what the first letter in soya stands for? Daniel? Survey. Everyone say survey. Survey. Okay. Survey, or sometimes I also say context, but soya sounded better than koya, so I just went with soya, not like a fish or whatever. Okay, so survey. So context, what we're going to do with this is what is happening around the passage. So we need to establish like who, what, where, when, all of these facts and details that will help us study this passage. So first, it starts off in verse 42, and look at it. It says, and they devoted themselves. So the first question that we should be asking ourselves is, okay, who's the they here? Because that's going to help us understand what is happening. So let me ask you that. Who is the they that this passage is referring to? You can look at the passage, maybe look one or two verses before and see, okay, who is the they that this is being referred to? What do you think? Who is the they? Any, any guesses, any ideas? Don't worry, I'm not going to quiz you or anything. Any ideas? Luna? Okay, the apostles, good, good guess. Not quite, but we're on the right track. Very good. Julia? that this is who they are. Well, back in verse 41, right before that, so those who received his word were baptized. And so this passage is referring back to before that, to those who received his word. And so this was part of Peter's preaching. So those who placed their faith in Jesus. And again, in those verses prior, Peter gave this sermon where he preached death and resurrection of Jesus And people began to place their faith in Jesus. So much so that I think there were like 3,000 people that day who placed their faith in Jesus. And that is a lot of people. A lot of people. All the introverts are like, no way, no way. So Peter preached the gospel and many people gave their life to Christ. Okay, so that's what's happening prior to this. And so that's what happened. And so now let's make some observations. Okay, that was very quick survey and context, okay, just to get us an idea of who we're talking about. So let's make some observations. Everyone say observation. Okay, now remember, when we make observations, the goal is not to try to understand what the passage means, but let's start with what is happening in the passage. What do we see happening? Let's describe what's happening, not try to interpret what it means. Does that make sense? 
are some of the things that you see in this passage? Just details, things that are happening, things worth noting, whatever. Let's start to make a few of those. Peyton? Okay, yeah, they were selling their stuff to help other people in need. Great, that's a great observation. It's what's happening in the passage, okay? Good, what else? What are some of the things that you're seeing happen? Yeah, firing? Okay, they continue to meet daily. I mean, could you imagine if we had church every day? That would be awesome, right? Okay, awkward. Okay, <laughs> what else? What else do you see happening in this passage? Just details, observations. Again, you can literally read it and just say, this is what's happening. Okay, Daniel? Okay, yeah, great. They're all together doing these you know, all these uh, tasks, okay? Any other thoughts? Yeah, they were together praising God. Good, so we see a lot of worship happening here. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, they're eating together. So, I mean, if you need a Bible verse to memorize, man, they were breaking bread together. How many of you guys like bread? John's like, no way, no carbs from me. Protein all the way. Okay, yeah. I've been really into Ezekiel bread lately. Anybody? Ezekiel bread? Okay, just for, okay, so I know my in right now is Ezekiel bread with honey on it. Mm, Laura can attest to that. I think I've eaten like two loaves of Ezekiel bread, which actually I finished the loaf this morning. Sorry about that. Um, now I'm thinking about bread. Okay, so we can continue on with this, but let me just give you some observations here. Okay, so from what we see, after this group of people place their faith in Christ, this is everything that's happening, okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship or breaking bread, to prayer. We uh, to the point that they were actually selling their own stuff. They were having worship services together, sharing meals, opening their homes, praising God. Uh, they were gaining a favorable reputation in the communities. And then towards the end, we see that many more people were placing their faith in Jesus. Okay, so these were all the things that are happening here right after people were placing their faith in Christ. So this is all happening. So let me ask you this, and we already mentioned it earlier. How often were they doing these things? How often? It says right in the passage. Every day. They were doing these things day by day. And so I'm going to ask you a, a deeper Bible study question. Okay, I need you guys to really think about this. How often do you think day by day means? How often do you think? Yeah? Go ahead. Okay, every day. And so here's a Bible study pro tip. Sometimes we can read the Bible and we like freak ourselves out like, well, I don't know what this means. Well, sometimes we overthink things. And so you guys are smarter than you realize. And so when it says day by day, don't think, oh, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know. Guys, you're smart. It means day by day, every day. Okay? I just want to encourage you. You guys are more than capable to study this book, and we are here to help you. So they did this day by day. And so as they were doing these things, how were they feeling? What was their posture? 
Like, so what was the, the indication of how they were feeling? Were they happy? Were they sad? What do you think? What do you see in this passage? What was going on? Daniel? Yeah, they were happy. Why do you say that? Can I ask you that? What else? What other indications help you see that, okay, maybe things were going well? Yeah. Yeah, they were content with what they had. Good. Anything else? Okay. First word of verse 47 says, praising God. Okay. That's a good indication that things were going well. And so there's a lot of things that happen here, okay? And it says that they were devoted. It says in verse 43 that they were in awe. And they were so unified that there's a whole verse that actually says that they had things in common. They were joined together. Verse 46 literally says they had glad and generous hearts. And you know what? They were glad and had generous hearts. How do you know that? Because they were selling their things and taking that money and helping those in need. And then again, they were praising God. And so now let's move into the interpretation. So we had survey, observation, and then interpretation, okay? And so again, we take time to observe what the text is saying so we can understand then what it means. Because so often we go right to trying to understand what it means and then we get confused. When often we have to take time to just start by saying, okay, what's happening in this passage that helps us understand then what it means? So let's try to begin to take some of those observations and start to understand and unpack what this means. And so let me ask you that. In light of what you see and quickly what we've identified, what do you think this passage is trying to communicate? What do you think God is saying through this text? What do you see? Yeah, spending time with other Christians. Great. Good. What else? Again, from what we see, how does that influence then what it means? Any other ideas? What else? What does this passage then mean? And again, don't overthink it. We're not trying to trick you. Any other thoughts? So they enjoy time together. Good. Yeah, I don't know if you were like just... Mm-hmm. Okay, to put your faith in Christ, right? They were continuing to share the gospel and people were placing their faith in Jesus. Okay, any other thoughts? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been at church or come to church things and you wonder, okay, why do you like sing and have worship and read the Bible and eat together? Well, they're not just things that we just made up. In this passage. So these are biblical things that the early church was doing. All right, so let me help you work through this and understand what is happening, okay? So again, before this passage that we looked at, Peter, the Apostle Peter, is preaching the gospel. 
promise to them. Okay. So Peter preaches the gospel for people to place their faith in Jesus. And again, last week we looked at sharing. Okay, so Peter shares the gospel, inviting people to respond to Jesus and teaching them what it means to follow him. And again, that's what Derek talked about last week. And so as people began to place their faith in Jesus, from here, what do we see them do next? Well, they begin to connect. They begin to connect. And so when I say connect, what do I mean? Well, this word connect means to be joined together, unified, closely linked. And so after these people repented and placed their faith in Jesus, they didn't place their faith in Jesus and go, hey guys, that was a great day. See you never. Right? They joined together. They were in community with one another. Why? Because in Christ, they are now unified. They are together. Jesus has brought them together. Many different people from different backgrounds, and they are joined together because of Jesus. Jesus is the one who brings them together. And this is exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, when he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all are members of the body. And though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And so Paul, in this chapter, he describes how we, when we place our faith in Jesus, become a part of the body of Christ, and we follow Jesus. We are together. And so the body of Christ refers to the church, the church, the people. Church is not just a building that you go to. Church is a people, the body of Christ. And so if you have placed your faith in Jesus, then you are a part of the body of Christ now. You don't have to like memorize a ton of verses. You don't have to be like crazy, super smart to then be a part of the church. The prerequisite for being a part of the body of Christ is to place your faith in Jesus. And so if you've done that right now, you are a part of the church. And so right here in Acts chapter 2, what we just read we get a little snapshot of what church looked like way back then. So have you ever thought, man, I wonder what church looked like back like in the time of Christ? Well, this is what it looked like right after Christ ascended. And so what did they do? They devoted themselves to learning God's word, breaking bread, and that's a, a big fancy phrase for sharing food together, in their homes, which I think is really important to understand, they spend time in prayer, helping others within the body of Christ, and they gather together for worship. And so I think it's important, too, that right from the beginning, it says they devoted themselves. And so it's important for us that we know what this word devoted means. And this word means to adhere to, to be constant steadfastly attentive to. And so in other words, what they were doing here, they were not just hobbies to fill their time. They made every effort and sacrifice possible to be sure that these things happened. They made connecting a priority. They went full send on community. hey -o. They went all in on being together and they made it a priority and that's why you see a lot of these 
aspects in TNT, why we have food together, why we have worship and sing and prayer, and we open God's Word, and we spend time in small groups together discussing God's Word. They're not just things that we thought, hey, this might be a cool way to, you know, kill two and a half hours on a Thursday night. No, these are things that people have been doing for generations. And so they devoted themselves to connecting with God and with other Christians. So let me, let me just break down what this means a little more, okay? So first, we see them connecting with God. Right from the beginning, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In other words, the word of God. And so now today, we have the entire word of God. And so then they had to rely on the apostles' teaching to know what God said. But here and now, we have the entire word. So they connected with God through his word. And so before they did anything else, they spent time connecting to the scriptures. And so they said, you know what? If we want to deepen our faith, we need to connect with God. And how do we do that? Well, let's start with learning God's word. They wanted to deepen their relationship with their Savior. And so this is exactly what Jesus talks about in John 15 when he says, abide in me. And if you remember uh, Colossians, we talked about abide a little bit. And so this word abide means to have deep connection and relationship. And so when we place our faith in Jesus, that connection that was once disconnected between us and God and Jesus, it's now been restored. And so now when they have relationship, when we have relationship with Jesus, we are abiding in Christ. And how do they deepen that relationship? Well, through God's word. And so here's the reality. If you want to have a deeper relationship with Jesus, if on some level you want to grow closer to God, you can't do that without the Bible. You can grow in your faith through prayer, and those are good, but we need God's word to help us truly grow in our faith. Because God has spoken, and we need to read and see what he said. And then they also connected through prayer and worship. And again, those are also parts of what we do as followers of Jesus. And so they devoted themselves to connecting with God through his word. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is they connected with Christ-like community, other followers of Jesus, a.k.a. the church. And so what did they do? Well, they said, you know what? We got to eat. I mean, how many of you guys like to eat? Okay, all right, a few people are like, eh, I don't know. I love to eat. And so what do they do? They say, hey, you got to eat, you got to eat, I got to eat, let's eat together. And so they opened up their homes, and they had meals together. And so you might be thinking, okay, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, at this time, inviting somebody into your home for a meal showed true connection and relationship. Because at this time, context here is important. At this time, if you were to go to someone's house, in their house, for a meal, that showed a lot. It showed that there was deep connection. And so when you read any verses in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and it says that, you know, Jesus was eating with the sinners, the tax collectors, and the Pharisees would get so mad about that. Well, why would they get mad about them just having dinner together? Well, because to eat a meal together, let alone be in someone's home, shows that you have deep relationship with that person. 
And so if you're eating and being in their home, it shows that you are close. And so when the Pharisees see Jesus eating with them, they were not okay about that. They were like, why would you dare associate yourself with those people? And that's why they were so frustrated by this. And so we see the people in the church, they were deeply connected and committed to one another. They were so committed that they said, you know what? We're going to sell some of our stuff so we can use that money to help others who are in need. That's how bought in to community that they were. They said, you know what? If I have to sell my extra possessions, if I'm going to sell my dress sandals to make sure that there's food for my friends who are Christians, I'm going to do that. And that's what they did. And then third, they connected with their biblical mission to go and make disciples. And so as they were connecting with God and connecting with one another, look at what verse 47 says. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so they continued to share their faith, share their relationships in community, share their life. And so daily, more and more people were becoming disciples or followers of Jesus. They were bought in. They didn't just say, you know what? I love Jesus. I love what we got. Let's just keep it to ourselves. They said, hey, who are you? Come on in, have a meal together. Let me show the love of Jesus and let me share what Jesus has done in my life. They were connected to God's mission. But I want to specifically note that verse 47 says, and the Lord added to their number. And so I want you to really understand this, is that as we go and share our faith, we don't save anybody. We don't save people. In all my years of being a follower of Jesus, being a missionary, a pastor, I've never saved one person because God is the one that does the work in someone's life. He does the saving. All we do is we share the good news and people respond to that news because it wasn't on them and it's not on us to save people. Because it's the Lord that added to their number. And I want to remind you and make sure you know this. Because we are called to go and share the gospel. And we let God do the saving work. God is the one that transforms lives. Not me. I'm not your savior. Jesus is. And so you need to remember that. Is it's not on you to save your friends who don't know Jesus. God is the one that does the work, and it's not on you. What God does ask us to do is to be bold and share our faith. That doesn't mean we go around just like throwing the Bible in people's faces or whatever. I hope you don't do that. If you do, we got to talk. Um, but we should be proud to say, you know, I follow Jesus, and I'm willing to share what he's done in my life. And so all that to say, they were devoted to connecting with God, connecting with biblical community, and connecting to their God-given mission. And they did this feeling sad and blah and Eeyore, whatever. No, they did this with glad and generous hearts, praising God. And so these aspects of their lives, they were not chores. They were joys. And they did this day by day. Meaning that what you see here in the early church, this was not just something that they did on Sunday mornings. This was a lifestyle that was deeply integrated and interwoven into their life. This wasn't a, 
hey, I have my church life, and then I have my own life. They were not separate. They were together as one. And so maybe you're here tonight and you're like, oh, I'm just here doing my church thing, and then tomorrow I'm going to go and do my own thing or whatever. Well, you know what? Jesus wants your whole life, not just half your life. And so what are you doing day by day with your faith? And so I want you to hear this. Church, Christ-like community with other believers, church, it's not an event that we attend. Church is a community that we engage in. Church is not just something that you go and do and say, check, done with that. Church is a community of people that you engage in. It's a community that we're meant to connect with. And so that's why Paul refers to it as a body, different parts and people working together. And so that's why, statistically speaking, Christianity, or those who follow Jesus, Christianity is the most diverse people group in the world. If you compare belief systems all over the world, Christianity is by far the most diverse people group. Why? Because the message of Jesus is available for everyone. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, no matter how much money you make, how smart you are, where you live, what you look like, Jesus is for everyone. And so maybe you're thinking, okay, I thought we were talking about discipleship. What does this mean? Well, here's what this means. Let me quickly review. Last week, you looked at the first step in becoming a disciple is share. We share the good news of Jesus. We imitate Jesus in a lost world. We invite people to respond to Jesus, and then we teach them the basics of what it means to follow Jesus. So we start by just sharing truth, sharing Jesus, and inviting people to respond to that. How do we do this? We share our life. We share the Bible with them. We show what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so from there, what's the next step in discipleship? Well, second, we need to connect. And so what does connect look like? Well, first, we've got to connect with God. You have to connect with God by studying the Bible, prayer, worship. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to actually enjoy the relationship we have with him. Jesus died on the cross so we can have a restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so if you've placed your faith in Jesus and you don't enjoy that relationship, then why do you have that relationship? We need to enjoy, to abide, to fall in love more deeply with Jesus. And so we have to connect with God. And second, we have to connect with the church. This is what all this looks like, connecting with the church, Christ-like community. And so we must be together for church. Because remember, church is not just something we go to it's a community we engage in. Now, does that mean everybody in church is perfect? No. Does that mean we all just need to avoid each other because we're not perfect? Nope. We are meant to be together, even in our imperfections. You know what? I'm not perfect. Each and every one of you are not perfect, but yet we can still be part of the body of Christ. And so then we need to connect to our mission on making disciples, to help others. I mean, when's the last time 
you've sacrificed something for someone to follow Jesus, to show the love of Jesus. What is God calling you to do with your life? We're called to help others in the name of Jesus. And so I want you to think about what have you done, and I'm not trying to guilt you, I want you to really think about this. What have you done, or what are you doing to help others hear Jesus and follow Jesus? And so, lastly, we looked at survey, observation, interpretation, and the last letter of Soya is application. And so, in light of this, I want to put it back on you guys. In light of what we read, what are some things that we should do moving forward from this? So how do we apply what we read? So what are some of the things that we looked at, and then how do we apply that to our life? So what do we do with all this? Yeah, go out to eat together. If anyone wants to buy me a pumpkin frosty, I haven't tried it yet, you can just let me know. Okay, yeah, Richard? They taste horrible? Okay, I'm going to have to talk about that. Okay. Did you end up locked No. What else? How, what do we do in light of this passage? Have meals together? What did you say, Leah? Yeah, we can do life together, right? Hang out with each other once in a while, hopefully. Daniel? Okay? Help people who are in need, right? You know how many people come into the church every day for food and clothes? Our desire is to help people and show and share the love of Jesus. Anything else? What, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah, grow your relationship with Jesus, right? The whole point of having a relationship with Jesus, spoiler alert, is to have and enjoy a relationship with Jesus. And when you decide, I'm not going to read my Bible. You know, I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to go to church. You know how many people over the years have said, man, I just feel like I don't feel close to God. Maybe God's forgotten me. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, when's the last time you went to church? I don't know. Okay, so when's the last time you prayed? Like a week ago for my fast food that it would bless my body. And then it gave me severe pains. Okay. Well, when's the last time you read your Bible? No comment. Right? And then we wonder why we feel disconnected with God. And so if you feel disconnected with God, either he moved or you did. And my guess is that it's on you. And so if you feel far from God, here is the invitation for you to start getting right with God tonight. And so here are some things that we can apply from what we've learned. Okay. Richard, eyes up here, buddy. Devote yourselves to God's word, to prayer, to worship. You know what? If you want to grow in your faith and be a disciple, you know what you do? Read the Bible, pray, and worship God. And again, if you feel disconnected, start by doing those. I guarantee your life is going to change. Secondly, devote yourself to Christ-like community. What does that mean? Make time to spend with other followers of Jesus. If you truly want to follow Jesus and you never, ever spend time with other people who follow Jesus, guess what? You're probably going to find it difficult to follow Jesus. Participate in the church. You know what? Maybe a good step 
is to hang out at the fall festival and hand out candy to families in the community who might desperately need a smile. You know what? Maybe that might be a good first step. And so don't ignore Christian community. Seek it out. And so if you have placed your faith in Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, then you are a part of the body of Christ. So you know what? Let's act like it. And so third and lastly, devote yourself to our God-given mission. If you truly believe that Jesus has changed your life, how can you not share that with somebody else? If Jesus has truly changed your life, why would you not share that with somebody, right? When I go to a new restaurant and have this amazing meal, the first thing I'm doing is saying, okay, who can I send this epic picture of this meal to, right? I instantly want to start sharing it with other people. Well, you know what? If you love Jesus, how often do you think about even sharing Jesus? And so we also need to help others sacrificially. Again, I'm not saying you need to go home and sell all of your stuff and give that money away. I might get a phone call from your parents or somebody. But how are you helping people follow Jesus? You know what? That's why we have these missions moments. We don't just say, you know what? Let's just give money to things because it's a good thing. You know what? There is a boy named Tanga who relies on us every month for food and school. And so each and every one of you, when you just put a little bit of money in there, that goes to help him literally have food, to have an education, and to learn about Jesus. And so whether you realize it or not, when you support that mission, you're helping somebody learn about Jesus. You're making disciples by putting a couple of quarters in a container. That's a good first step. And in a few weeks, we're going to do Operation Christmas Child. We're going to put together shoe boxes to send to families all over the world to show and share the love of Jesus by giving them a gift and saying, Jesus loves you. That's why we do these missions. And so the Bible describes the life of a Christian as one that's connected, not isolated. And so following Jesus is done most effectively if we are connected. And so again, we share Jesus, and then we connect. And what does connect look like? Well, we connect with Jesus, we connect with biblical community, and we connect with our God-given mission. And the hope is that when we see people place their faith in Jesus, that they will experience true connection. Because as the early church did this, this is what they saw. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so God blesses those who seek to connect with him, to connect with the church, the body of Christ, Christians, and God blesses those who connect with their God-given mission. And I want to end with this. There's a woman, her name is Corey Ten Boom. She's a follower of Jesus, and she was a missionary during World War II. And listen to what she says. When a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. When he stops studying the Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, the devil shouts for joy. And so when you choose to ignore Christian community, the devil goes, all right. When you decide, you know what, I don't care about reading the Bible, I don't want to, the devil laughs. 
And so when we decide, you know what, I'm not even going to pray. I don't really care about prayer. You know what, the devil is like, yes. And so let me leave you with this. Will you devote yourself to connecting with God, connecting with the body of Christ, and connecting with our God-given mission? So would you please join me as we pray before we go to small groups? God, thank you that because of Christ, we can have a restored relationship with you. And I pray that each and every student here tonight would connect with you, that they would be led in a way to read the Bible, to pray, to study, to deepen their relationship with you. I pray that if there's somebody here tonight who has never started a relationship with Jesus, that they would take that step of faith tonight. God, I pray that these students would find ways to connect with Christ-like community. I mean, I praise God that they are here tonight learning with other teenagers what it means to follow Jesus. And I ask that you would bless them for that, but help them to continue to connect with one another. And then God, help them to connect and understand their God-given mission to glorify you, to be in a relationship with you, and to share the love of Christ with others. And so God, will you help each and every one of us more deeply connect with you, connect with your body, and connect with our mission. And God, it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so at this time, I want you guys to um, go find your small group leaders and head off to small group for some time to reflect, process a little bit. Uh, be sure to use the restroom on your way there. And then after.